Does your business use cloud services? Of course, the answer is yes. And in this episode, I'm going to tell you what you can do to ensure your services are safe and secure. I'm Mark Riddell, and this is the TechSess Podcast. We publish a new episode every Wednesday packed full of IT and cybersecurity advice to help businesses like yours to make the right decisions and get the best from your technology investment. Make sure to follow TechSess on your favourite podcast player to ensure you don't miss future episodes. Everyone uses cloud services. Every business uses cloud services. And if anyone wants to argue that they're not using cloud services, then I would say, how the hell you listen to this podcast episode then? I'm not a voice in your head. And this isn't a CD that you've been able to just plug into your computer. You've got access to this podcast through a cloud service. It's quite easy for me to say that every business uses cloud services. This month's guide that is on our website that you can download is your need-to-know guide to cloud security. Because if there's one thing I know about businesses is they don't think about cloud security. They think it's someone else's problem, right? It's not here. It doesn't live in our premises. It's not on a server that we have. We've moved out to the cloud, so someone else has to deal with it now. It's like, (coughs) it's still your data, still your business, and you still have to take responsibility for it. It's nice and easy to go, oh, well, someone else's problem. Someone else will figure it out, won't they? But that's just not the case. And you'll find with the terms and conditions on cloud services, they'll always say that we're not responsible for data loss and it's your responsibility to ensure the data is backed up, yada, yada, yada. I mean, Microsoft is a great example of it because they operate this shared responsibility model. I always use an analogy that really gets this point across without talking about the Microsoft stuff, just use an analogy, it works best. And the best analogy is, imagine I'm your landlord and you're renting a house from me. It's my responsibility to make sure that the roof doesn't leak, that the boiler works, that the windows don't have cracks or holes in them and anything else like that. That's my responsibility to look after the building. You put the furniture in the house. And if you spill a glass of red wine on the sofa, that's your problem. So think of the cloud as the house and think of your data as the furniture inside the house. Data, furniture, whatever is your responsibility. You can't go and complain to your landlord because your cat chewed a hole through the sofa, right? Just like you can't go and say to Microsoft, actually, one of our staff was a bit of an idiot and clicked a phishing link and got access to our email. And because they got access to email, they managed to spoof us into paying out money to an attacker. Why is that Microsoft's fault? They just gave you the system, right? If you want to take it a step further, and if you listen to me long enough, you know I talk about cars a lot because I like cars, but cars are good analogies too. But if you buy a car from BMW and you have an accident, you don't go back and blame BMW for the accident. Now, yeah, they've got safety things in the car and they've got airbags and all the other crash protection and early warning automatic braking systems and all that. So those systems might help you avoid or prevent an accident. But ultimately, you're the driver. And that's how businesses need to understand cloud services. You can't pass the responsibility entirely to the cloud provider. Now, they do have some responsibility, as I've just kind of talked about. But we all know what I'm going to say next, which is the chances of an attack or a breach or something happening are going to happen from your side, not from their side. Because they just have to secure the house. That's the little bit of an easier thing. You're the one that's got, you know, your kids running around the place and are going to bump into your glass of red wine in the sofa and spill it, 
right? Just like your staff are the ones running around using the service are more likely to be the ones that don't think about security or using weak passwords. And then kind of taking a step further, which I'll come on to in, in, in a second, talking about how you lock down and secure those systems. Because most of the security features that are in a cloud service are turned off by default. It's up to you to turn them on, just like it's up to you to lock your car. It's up to you to lock your front door at night. It's up to you to make sure that you put the locks on the cloud services that you're using. Because again, if you don't lock your car and someone nicks it, it's not BMW's fault. Now, what's quite handy, actually, is my new car, which is a Hyundai Tucson, actually, because it's got an app, a lot of cars have an app now, is if I walk away from the car, and I'm not sure what the time it is, it's probably about three or five minutes, but if the car's not locked in that time, it pings me a notification to say, hey, you've not locked me, which is quite useful. But hey, not all cloud services are going to tell you that you're not putting the security in place. So come on to some of that stuff. So I think we can all agree that every business is using cloud services. That's the first thing. The next thing to talk about is how are we going to protect the cloud services? And of course, it varies depending on the cloud service. Not all cloud services are going to have some of the security features and stuff that we're going to talk about. But if we're thinking about things like Office 365, your accounts package, social media accounts, all these things will have most of the stuff that I'm going to tell you about. I think it's fair to say that most businesses wouldn't be able to do business nowadays without some sort of cloud services in some shape or form, whether it's just email or whether you've moved your entire line of business applications into the cloud, we all rely on the cloud services. So because we're so reliant on it, we need to ensure that we're protecting it. So I think we can all agree that every business is using cloud services. That's the first thing. The next thing to talk about is how are we going to protect the cloud services? And of course, it varies depending on the cloud service. Not all cloud services are going to have some of the security features and stuff that we're going to talk about. But if we're thinking about things like Office 365, your accounts package, social media accounts, all these things will have most of the stuff that I'm going to tell you about. I think it's fair to say that most businesses wouldn't be able to do business nowadays without some sort of cloud services in some shape or form, whether it's just email or whether you've moved your entire line of business applications into the cloud, we all rely on the cloud services. So because we're so reliant on it, we need to ensure that we're protecting it. What I'm going to talk to you about today is some of the ways that you can do that. And one of the first ways to talk about, and this is something that we're probably all quite familiar with, is multi-factor authentication or just MFA. Sometimes you see it called 2FA, two-factor authentication. We're kind of really talking about the same thing here. This is the most obvious way to protect cloud accounts. Now, if you're not familiar with it, and I never assume people know stuff when I'm talking about technology, so start with the basics, is that this is where you either use an app or get a code sent to your phone. So you have your username, your password, and then you'll have like a six digit code, or sometimes it's more complex. Like my bank, it's more complex than a six digit code. It's got numbers and letters in it. Typically you'll get a six digit code sent to you somehow, which you then have to enter. So of course, this massively improves the security of your accounts. Now it's not a silver bullet because a lot of cybersecurity specialist companies out there I've said things like, if you're using an SMS or text-based multi-factor authentication, then they can all be compromised because there are ways that 
attackers can take over your phone number and or change the phone number on your account so that the code's sent to them. That's way in depth for what we're going to talk about today. But just know that SMS-based is better than nothing, but it's not the ideal way to do it. The best way to handle MFA is when you use an app. So I have two apps installed. I have Microsoft Authenticator and Google Authenticator. Now, it doesn't mean that you can only use these with Microsoft and Google. I use the Google one more than anything else. The Microsoft one is only used for my 365 and Microsoft accounts. But the Google Authenticator works with pretty much any system. And the way that most MFA systems are set up is that you go into the settings on your cloud service, you turn on MFA, and it will typically then give you a QR code. And in the Google Authenticator app, you'll click to add a new account. Your camera will capture that QR code. Then the system will ask you to enter a code that's been generated to then verify and set up the authentication. It's pretty simple. However, if you've got to do that for every cloud service that you use for all of your staff, then there's a bit of work and a bit of time involved doing it, right? Turning on MFA is something that you definitely don't want to just do Although usually a checkbox or a slider and then save the settings, if you do that, you might find that all your staff get kicked out of the service. And then everyone starts complaining to you that we can't get in. And it's like, yeah, I turned on the security setting because it's a good idea. But what you didn't do was think about how you've got to plan this. So whenever we are enabling MFA for like someone's Office 365 account, we always make sure we plan it. It's going to happen on a day. And that we then are there to handhold all the users for the customer through the process so that they know how to get logged back in. Because if you just kick everyone out of their email, that's a big problem because email is still a key communication tool for businesses. So you definitely don't want to do that. If you don't just take my word for it, Microsoft say that MFA protects against 99.9% of fraudulent signing attempts. So MFA, just know that you need to have MFA enabled. And you'll probably find that in most cloud services, it is enabled now. Sometimes you'll find, though, that you can't enable it from, like if you're using an app, things I can think of, like Zoom, for example. Right, I know Zoom got a bad rep with security back at the start of the pandemic and stuff, but Zoom does have MFA. However, you can't turn on from within the Zoom app on your desktop or on your mobile phone or whatever. You have to go to the website in your web browser, log in there, and then you can turn on these settings. And that's the same for a lot of cloud services. I believe LinkedIn is the same as well. I don't think you can enable that from within the app on your phone. You've got to usually do it through the actual full web browser. So the next thing that we need to talk about is encryption. You know, without going into the details of how encryption works, we just know that encryption is a good thing. For example, if you've got a laptop and you've got Windows 10 Professional, which most businesses will have, there is a feature within there called BitLocker. Now that will encrypt the hard drive in your laptop. So basically, if you lose your laptop or you leave it on a train or someone steals it out of the back of your car, it means then that they can't just pull the drive out of it and access the data because the data is all stored encrypted. Okay, so good thing to do for people that are working on laptops. But when it comes to the cloud, well, we've got to think about there's data being transferred, right? So we talk about data in transit and data at rest. While the data is sitting on the cloud service, typically it's going to be encrypted, but it's also encrypted between your computers and the cloud. So if data is flowing back and forward on the cloud service, you want to make sure that the data is encrypted at all points so it can't be intercepted by anyone. And of course, having data encrypted at rest, so at the cloud provider's end, means that if they would suffer a breach, then 
there's less chance an attacker being able to get access to your data because they had a compromise. But first up, I just want to tell you a little bit about the IT services buyer's guide that we have. This is a free document on our website. You don't have to enter any information to get access to it. You just need to head over to www.m3networks.co.uk forward slash buyer's guide and you'll be able to click the link and get the download. And this is going to give you loads of information to help you understand the questions that you need to ask any potential IT partner in your business or indeed just go back and ask these questions to your existing IT company and then you can help find out whether you're being served correctly and whether there's any gaps in the IT support services that you are being offered. Now, let's get back to the episode. The third thing we need to talk about is managing user accounts. So just like we do with Cyber Essential certification, we need to ensure that your users only have access to the data that they need to get access to or the level of permission that they have in order to do their job. So you might have some users who have high-level admin accounts who might have full access to a system. Of course, if those users leave the business or for some reason no longer need that access, you should obviously be removing this. So you should review this on a regular basis to make sure that people only have access to things they need to have access to. Make sure that employees that don't need admin access don't have it. So that kind of least privilege model. As much as you need to do your job, that's kind of what we're looking at here. Now, when it comes to updates, you might think that the cloud is always up to date in things, but apps need updated as well. So making sure if you're using a cloud service, if you're using an app on your phone, make sure that apps are kept up to date. But some cloud services also need to be kept up to date at the cloud end. Now, usually if you're using a system like Office 365 for your email or Xero or QuickBooks for accounts, the cloud provider is going to keep their system up to date. So with any feature updates or anything, they're going to make sure those are done. One of the places where it will probably be on you is something like your website. So most people, I would say, fair to say, are using WordPress these days. It's very popular. Making sure your WordPress is kept up to date because that's a cloud service that you're actually paying someone to host for you, but you might be administering the back end of that yourself. Or it could be your web developer. They might be taking responsibility for it. But whoever it is, it's important that updates and patches are applied whenever they can. Now, I certainly know of our website, so like almost every day you log into it, there's an update for one of the plugins or something that needs to be installed. But don't ignore those. It's important that you make sure that you're updating those. Now, if it is something like your website, I'm going to come on to talk about backups shortly. But of course, if you're hosting your website, we all know that updates can cause problems as well. So you need to be very cautious about updates because let's be honest, you don't know what's going to happen when you apply the update. Nobody does. What you do need to make sure is that you have a backup. Let's talk about the need to still backup your data in cloud services. Now, kind of like what I said at the beginning about the analogy of, you know, your landlord, the house and spilling the wine in the sofa, the data, right? The data is the key part of it here. So just because you've moved something out to the cloud doesn't mean you don't have to back it up. In fact, Microsoft Service Agreement for Office 365 says that they recommend that you have a third-party backup of your data. And that means backing up your data outside of the environment that it lives in. So no network is impossible to breach. So cloud security should just form part of your entire IT security strategy. So making sure 
you have backups of data. So we can't talk about specific examples here because every cloud service is different, right? But the one thing I always encourage businesses to do is look at all the cloud services that you're using. If you're using online accounts packages and things and go to their websites or raise a support request and ask them, how is the data backed up? How can you get a copy of the data? What would happen in the event that their service isn't available? How can you get access to your information? Because until those things happen, no one really thinks about it, right? And then they panic and go, well, what are we going to do? And not only just from a disaster recovery point of view, you might decide one day that you want to move away from that service and use a different cloud service. And what you tend to find is that the new provider that you're going to move to would be able to take a backup from their competitor effectively. So if you're moving from like zero to QuickBooks, we'll use those examples. I'm pretty sure that they have some sort of migration or backup thing where if you take the backup from one system, they can import it and it just goes into their system and they've developed a system to do that. Kind of like if you're moving from Android to Apple, like Apple have that device, the move from Android, whatever it's called, where you can log into your Google account and it basically pulls data from your Google backup into iOS. So it can pull all your photographs, apps that you've got installed. I just had to do this recently because my daughter Christmas got an iPhone and she just switched from Android to Apple. And it makes it really, really simple to migrate from one system to another. And that's a clever move because if you're trying to take business from your biggest competitor, if you can make it easy, it's like when banks brought in the switch guarantee, you might remember that, where they all agreed that if you move bank accounts, they'll pass over all your direct debits and stand in order information so that you don't have to set up all that stuff again. It might not just be in a disaster or data loss situation that might need a backup. You might want it for other reasons. So it's still important to check that out. The final thing I'd say about the cloud in general is to keep it simple because there's an app for everything these days. And it's very tempting to just go start signing up for free trials of lots of different services. And before you know it, you've signed up for lots of different things that you never end up using, but you still have an account that lives out there. And if a member of staff was to log into an account or sign up for something and say they happen to be using the same password that they use for their email system, and because they set up this account as a trial, they didn't bother turning on like the MFA and other security stuff, and then that account gets compromised or that system gets compromised, you could find out that it could lead to a further compromise of email accounts and other important cloud accounts because of that. So it's important to be aware of stuff that's been signed up for in the cloud because it's so easy to fall into the temptation of just signing up for trials and things of other accounts. And that's fine. That's the beauty we have these days. It's very, very easy to trial out software. We don't have to wait for a disk to come in the post. We don't have to pay for something to find out it's no use for us. We get trials for stuff, but it's important that if you're not going to use it, you actually close down the account. Okay, so you want to try and simplify the services that you're using and not have loads of things out there. So everything that I've been telling you about is actually included and there's a little bit more information than what I've been telling you today in our guide that we've just publicized this month your need-to-know guide to cloud security. And this is available as a free-to-download PDF. You don't have to put in any information to get it. There'll be a link in the show notes where you can download that today. 
Texas is an M3 Networks podcast. Find out more at m3networks.co.uk.